Hello, everyone, and welcome to the March 4th, 2022 edition of Market Week in Review. I'm your host, Bei Chen Lin, and today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist Eric Ristabin. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, good to be with you, Bei Chen. Thanks, Eric. So I think what's on investors' minds this week is mostly the Russia-Ukraine situation, and obviously it's a fast-evolving situation. This week, there's been a lot of talk about sanctions being imposed by various countries. Can you share with us a little bit more insight into what's happening? Yeah. So yes, obviously sanctions have been the uh, aside from obviously the scenes of the human suffering that we're seeing, which is horrible. But from a market perspective, sanctions has been kind of where people have been talking about. These are unprecedented sanctions against Russia. If you think about what the objective was, the objective was basically to wreak havoc in the Russian economy. Uh, they did all kinds of things. They they they've sanctioned individuals, particularly the oligarchs that are form Putin's principal political base. Um, they've sanctioned companies with high government ownership. Um, they've made it very difficult for banks in Russia to do business outside of Russia, and frankly, probably within Russia by pulling them off the Swiss systems. They've actually sanctioned the central bank, and they've frozen cent uh, Russian central bank assets outside of Russia. They had built up a $650 billion war chest. About half of that was outside of Russia. They're not going to be able to get it back into Russia to kind of soften the blow of the sanctions. So it's had the predictable effects. The you know stock market's been closed effectively all week. The bond market, the local bond market's not trading as well. Um, the the securities that were trading as depository receipts outside of Russia, like the ADRs and the GDRs, are no longer trading as those 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 exchanges have shut those things down. Um, there appear to be signs of running runs on the bank in Russia. So I, I think the idea, right, is to extract a heavy economic toll um, on the Russian uh, economy in order to incent Russia to stop its aggression. So I think those are having the intended effects. And they've had, obviously, those have some knock-on effects as it relates to um, foreign investors, one of which is you, you currently, if you own Russian domestic stocks and bonds, you, you can't sell them because there's nowhere to do that. And speaking of economic impacts, you've been largely calling this a geopolitical event rather than a macroeconomic event thus far. Is that still the view of Russell Investments? It is. I mean, obviously, there's a risk of it becoming a macroeconomic event. Um, if you think about it, like, why isn't a, a macroeconomic event, um, particularly for investors, well, especially for investors in, who's, who is our audience outside of Russia? You know, if you look at kind of a firm level, um, our our holdings in Russia, the the economy itself, the direct in, uh, holdings in Russia, were actually not material. And when, by that I mean they were less than half a percent of our total holdings in our in our complex. So, um, it, not that that isn't a serious amount of money. It's just that just sense of how big the problem is. If you think about Russia, the economy, Russia is one thirteenth the size economically of the United States. So, you know, really the question is, is do we see the situation on the ground in the Ukraine and kind of ge that geopolitical event transform into a macroeconomic event? And there's kind of three principal channels of escalation. The first is kind of military escalation. Um, this is the biggest impact, the lowest probability that somehow um, there's, a, you know, Putin turns his military attention to maybe a NATO country. Uh, attack on one NATO country's attack on all. So that's a, a very large left tail event. Not very probable. So we'll put that aside. Wouldn't let make, I wouldn't suggest people stay up at night over that one. Cyber attacks is another way. Um, we're already seeing elevated cyber attacks in the U.S. and Western Europe. 
uh, a very high level of them. They're, they're coming principally from Russia that can be attributed. Um, the concern is that may, they may step those attacks up to start targeting specific infrastructure in the West. Um, and that would be potentially a, a pretty significant impact uh, on e- economic growth rates for the, the rest of the world. But right now, they've been contained. I, now, having said that, I would suggest all the viewers of this, kind of wherever you are in the world, be extraordinarily cautious as it relates to any emails they get. 90% of malware attacks start with phishing. So, you know, don't click on links you don't know where they're coming from. Even if you think you know where they're coming from, don't do it unless you're absolutely sure, both in your professional life and your personal life. Um, but right now, we, we see, and I think the market largely agrees. If you look at kind of the U.S. market, the S&P 500 is actually a little bit above where it was the day before the, the, the invasion. Um, it had been depressed for other reasons prior to that it, it, this year, but it, it's still a little bit above. The stock 600 index, the European equity market index, is down about 4%, um, which they're a little closer to the problem, so that shouldn't be surprising to people. And then when you look at yields, the yields in the U.S. are the 10-year Treasury yields, about 25 basis points lower. Probably about half of that is concern over the uncertainty, and probably half about of that is, as you and I have been talking about, is the fact that the market has kind of reduced its expectation of Fed activity, kind of taken that probability of 50 basis point hike in March down to 25 and gone from kind of seven rate hikes to five rate hikes. So that combination is probably enough to explain what, what's happening to Treasuries. But it isn't panic. And speaking of proceeding with caution, this week some major index providers such as MSCI and FTSE and stocks have removed Russian equities from their major indices. Can you walk us through what the implications of those moves are and what should investors know? Yeah, and then that's, a, that's a, an important development for everyone. Um, they, they deemed those stocks as uninvestable. Part of being a part of an index is you have to be able to invest in the, in the, in the market. And because the markets are closed and there's a huge amount of geopolitical risk around Russia, they've effectively said Russia and Belarusian markets are not investable and they're pulling them out of their index. Matters more for Russia than Belarus. Belarus is tiny, but the the you know as a result you know and kind of a result of all of this, um, we're we're looking to when the markets reopen and there is liquidity, we will be working to thoughtfully reduce our exposure, our holdings in Russia, um, as the markets kind of allow us that opportunity. That's a good point, Eric. The situation definitely continues to evolve, and I know that you and the rest of the Russell team will continue to keep our viewers updated. Thank you so much for stopping by to share your perspective with us. And for the viewers out there, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.